Welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about finally meeting all of your internet friends at a game convention in New Jersey. I'm James. And I'm Brandon. Today we'll be doing a state of the podcast. We'll preview Pasión de los Pasiones and talk about Metatopia, upcoming shows, and the future of the network. Uh, okay, so this is a very special episode of Stop, Hack, and Roll that we are actually sitting in the same room together. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Playing with new equipment, and so hopefully it sounds good. Let us know what you think, whether we should keep trying to do it this way, whether it's a terrible failure, and we should go back to being online. Uh, we'll just have to see. Yeah, we borrowed some equipment from my father, who is an amateur musical recordist and likes to buy audio equipment and thankfully he loaned us some stuff because we are going to be recording in person at metatopia yes we will we've got a couple of different plans that involve recording in person i'm very excited for that uh, i'm very excited for metatopia in general to be honest uh i know we have this a little bit later on in the podcast outline but maybe we should just kind of say what it is what's going on let people know that they can meet us in person yeah we're gonna be in new jersey in Morristown, New Jersey. It's from November 3rd to November 6th. It's $20 to get in. Yep. So it's a fantastic value. And you go and you playtest games. So all of the games that you play haven't been released yet. And so your friends at home will be totally jealous of you. And you'll be able to just brag and be awesome. Yeah. And and there's just nothing like playing a game that is still sort of in creation, it's still living. I think I said this the last time we talked about it, but there's nothing like playing a game where the the designer is there running it for you and has admitted that it's totally different from it from the way it was the day before. Oh yeah, I'm so excited! Like last time, last Metatopia, someone sat us down and said, "Okay, my last playtest ended five minutes ago." And none of it worked. So we're jumping in new. And it was so good. And we just changed everything on the fly. And I'm really personally excited because I'm going to be playtesting my first really open to the public game. Yeah. Uh, I'm bringing Pasión de los Pasiones. It has three different playtests. Uh, one that's a designer playtest with other designers. And then I'll have like three hours that I desperately rewrite everything. <laughs> and then uh, 4 o'clock on Friday and Saturday. If you're going, uh, check it out. Because yeah. I'd love and, to have a stop, hack, and roller sitting at the table. Yeah, and this is the game that we talked about at the last... Or I forget what episode exactly it was. It was one of our earlier episodes. The game, for people who don't remember, it is a telenovela-based... or It is a an apocalypse world game that is focusing on telling the story of a telenovela. Yeah, and so we have an episode on it, although amusingly a lot of the core mechanics have been ripped out since then, and yeah, that's actually something we're talking about this episode. Yeah. Um, but is there anything else that we want to talk about and plug at Metatopia first? I think we're going to come back to that. Okay, we'll come back to that. That sounds good. But, so the reason we're sitting down, besides because we sit down every two weeks to record episodes, is to talk about the things that have changed with Pasión de los Pasiones. Bingo. Um, since the last time we spoke about it, because I know that it has changed a lot, and I don't know what has changed. Yeah, I've been I've been playing it a little close to the chest because I've been doing several different versions of the game at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so the first change is that it is officially Pasión de los Pasiones. I've tossed out Telenovela World as a title. I'm still doing PBTA because you all know how much I love Powered by the Apocalypse. Yeah. I feel like I'm referring to the audience way more now that we're sitting in person. <laughs> yeah, And I have weird. no idea why that is. But I like the idea that the name for it is now more like the name of a telenovela. It yeah. sounds like something like if that was on TV, you wouldn't think twice. Yeah, and the way that it came... Did I tell you how I came up with the name? No. I sat down to write two little charts of names for telenovelas. So you would roll like... Passion de los something. And so like, it would have just different romantic mm -hmm. telenovela phrases in it. And I realized that I'd written Passion on both sides, <laughs> which is a terrible idea. Never do that when you're making a chart. But that just immediately jumped out to me. It's like, yes, 
Pasión de los Pasiones. That's it. Yeah. So one of the big things on kind of a macro level that affected how I'm changing the game is I've officially made the jump from campaign play to aiming towards a one-shot. Okay. Because last time we talked about it, it was sort of designed to build up characters and then sort of play the season of a television show. Yeah. and But at the same time that I was describing that, I was also talking about how I wanted it to be quick, how I wanted it to mm-hmm. be jump to the table and hit the drama. Yeah, I can see how that kind of contradicts itself. Yeah, because a lot of these PBTA games sing at four to six uh, sessions. And you play the first couple of sessions and you're going, hey, this is really good. I don't know why people say it sings at four to six. And then you hit four to six and you're like, well, uh, I see it now. See, <laughs> sessions one through three are ruined for me now. I've actually never played a Powered by the Apocalypse game past, I want to say even maybe one session. That, that oh my gosh, <laughs> that makes me so sad. Because <laughs> every time we've played Masks, we've started new characters because we've had a new group. We played Urban Shadows twice. No, no I think, we played I think Urban Shadows only once. played Urban Shadows once with me. And we played Monster Hearts once. I think that might be it. Oh, man. I, I had a Apocalypse World uh, campaign that we got five sessions in. And four and five were just amazing. And then it shut down. Uh, because it was dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you came to me one day. Yes. After you were listening to an episode of, I think it was actually Modifier. It was an episode with Andrew Medeiros. Yeah. And what you said was, it was cryptic because I think I was at work and you were texting me. and it, But it was basically, it sounded like, he had said you couldn't do something. And yes. so you said, darn it, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And amusingly, since then, I've come to the point that I'm trying to decide whether I want to do it or not. Uh, but the big thing that he was saying is that beyond just a thing that everyone agrees to do, like HP, PBTA games need stats. Yeah, because he and Meg were talking about things that you could strip out of Powered by the Apocalypse and what, what what was sort of integral to the core Apocalypse World experience. And so he was saying one of the things that he had not figured out how to get rid of yet, if one wanted to do that, was the stats. Yeah, and I think that what he was saying was mostly it's not worth it. Like, yeah. why are you going to remove stats? You're trying to make a game. But that immediately caused me <clears throat> to turn off the podcast in order to just speak out loud for 45 minutes in my car, (laughs) just going through what I would change. And so what I came up with is a different version of the game that had less to do with advancement because without stats, it's a little bit harder to have advancement that feels really meaningful. Right. Like you can add new moves and stuff like that, which is a core part of PBTA, but you can't say, oh, now you have plus one in this other stat. Yeah, because sort of as a mechanics corner, which I should start as a regular segment, mechanically numbers are the easiest thing to advance, um, which sort of is a dumb thing to say, but... So when you, if you have a stat block where you have a bunch of different stats and different things, it's really easy to say, you know, you get plus one in this, or that's up to this number because you're better at it. Whereas if you don't have any sort of numerical stats or like increasing the number of sides on a die or the number of dice, if you're just talking about moves because the game doesn't have any stats, then you can kind of swap moves out and say, this character is different. They no longer do this thing. They do this thing instead. But that can sometimes... It feels more, it might feel more authentic to character growth, but it doesn't feel as rewarding mechanically. Right, it, it's because it's a, right, because it's something that increases the breadth of the character, not the overall power. Mm-hmm. And we're used to playing games where we level up and we get more powerful and yeah. your sangre goes up to plus three. And so given that I started conceptualizing the game with less advancement. What I did, and this might not end up hitting Metatopia, um, is I replaced stats with questions. Mm-hmm. So basically, when you are doing a, when you trigger a move, uh, you will have two questions that are provided by the move, and one question that is the consistent question of your playbook. Okay. So, as an example, La Abuela, the grandmother, 
has the question, are you being a good example for Los Niños? Are the little kids that are watching the show? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, are they? And so that's the thing that that character is sort of thinking about at all times. Right. And so, regardless of what she's doing, she'll perform better if she's being a good example mm -hmm. for Los Niños. And so that really pushes that kind of behavior as well. Right. Because it, it reinforces what the character should be doing, or exactly. what, the, what the player should be doing. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then, depending upon the move, it might be something, it'll have different questions. Mm -hmm. So, lash out in anger you might have who has the physical advantage. Yeah. Because when you're looking at two warriors in D&D, &D, you know, they're both warriors, they're both strong. Maybe one's a, a swashbuckler and one's a barbarian, but they're both competent. Yeah. When you're looking at a telenovela, it's probably like La Abuela. Yeah. And attacking the big like the big hulking. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's going to be very clear. And you just kind of choose as a group. Uh, the other question for Lash Out in Anger was, do you have more personally at stake? Mm -hmm. And so the person who is more filled with passion and the person who has a bigger fists yeah. get a plus one. Okay. Uh, and so basically then you just do the standard roll. Uh, so it kind of creates stats in the moment for what it is. And I really like that. That was one of the things that you did tell me about when you that was your sort of solution to removing stats was yeah. in the moment have three quick questions that everyone knows are the questions that you're going to be asked and everyone answers them real quick and boom that's your that's sort of your temporary in the moment stat i still really like that and i'm considering too. making that the official version but i want to put it in front of some people mm -hmm. and see how it looks um that i wanted to bring up another game actually okay that also is a pbta game that has removed stats because while I did do this based purely on trying to spite Andrew Medeiros, who I look up to very much. Yeah. Uh, there's another game that's on Kickstarter that people will probably recognize, actually. It's um, City of Mist, mm -hmm. which is a noir superhero game by Amit Moshe. I did not realize it was a superhero game. Yes, it's a this like dark noir supers thing. It's mm. really cool. And what they did is they had aspects for the characters mm -hmm. in a very fate sort of way. That's cool. And then those give the bonuses. So it's the same thing, mm -hmm. but one is aspects and applying those aspects, and one is direct questions. Mm -hmm. I like the I, I like in theory the aspects. I like I like a lot the mm -hmm. aspects for City of Mist. I don't like it for Pasión de los Pasiones because I think the characters need to be very tropey and and giving providing those questions for people to be at answering it does help drive that forward yeah and it it makes you think before you do anything am i being a good example for los niños yeah one of the can the um criticisms that some of our friends have raised about fate accelerated for example mm -hmm. which is another game where you sort of don't have uh, you don't have stats in that game you have, or you have stats that are in sort of form of like, are you doing it quietly? Are you doing it oh, yeah, ab yeah. abrasively? Are you doing it? Whatever. Um, and, and the result is you'll, that you'll always just be doing it the way that you do the best. Yeah. And, and that in fate is because it's a little bit more fluid, uh, because you're looking at adjectives, um, not answering questions. It can result in just the sneaky character always does things sneaky, but that's not, there's no reason that character is sneaky other than you put two points into sneaky. But if you're answering the worst case scenario, sort of, in in the sort of question-based stat system is you'll always be rolling your maximum amount of, like, bonus, but you'll always be doing that because you're playing into the archetype harder. Exactly. Like, the this could almost just be a plus one. And an instruction on your character sheet that says, hey, remember to be a good example for Los yeah. Niños. Uh, but hopefully it drives people into that kind of very thoughtful role play that they're, yeah. they're hitting the genre. I like that enough that if you ultimately take it out, I would like to use it in something else. Yeah, I, I think, think, I think could this almost, could be a fun thing. You could almost build a whole system just around that, I think. Well, it's practically the system that I use when I'm doing... Uh, Essentially freeform. systemless freeform PBTA yeah. that I just add, come up with a couple of questions that I'm going to ask every time. This just has a playbook question that is specific. 
Yeah. So the other part of making it less campaign play and more one-shot play is I removed a lot of options. Mm -hmm. I was looking initially at the same kind of thing you'll see with most PBTA games, that you start with two out of six-ish moves, and you have like ten advancements to you available throughout your character's career. As well and as a bunch of uh, basic moves. So I'm trying to crunch down the basic moves, get at the real core of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to get too much into that because that's a bit too in-depth. Yeah. But I'm also switching it so that each playbook has two moves that they automatically get, and those are their two playbook moves. Okay. So really it just lets me choose the best thing about that playbook. Yeah. And that again will it'll drive players to doing those two things because those are the two things that are on their character sheet as things to do, which is good for getting characters yeah. to play to their to their archetype, but but again bad for progression. Yeah. Uh and then there's one final big change that I now have the plot twist. Mm -hmm. My hope is that Every single game of Pasión de los Pasiones includes at least one plot twist. Okay. Maybe more. And how does that work? So how that works is you have things that you check off. You have a, basically five boxes that are the plot twist boxes. And I'm going to use the example of El Caballero, who's kind of... Uh, he's, pro he's the cowboy, mm -hmm. but he's basically the lead male that's kind of the, the good one. Okay. Yeah. Um... Sometimes there's some some darkness in that as well. Because telenovela, you got to yeah. be able to switch at yeah, any yeah. moment. But basically, he has five boxes that he checks off. Mm -hmm. And he checks off a box when he handles things man-to-man, -man, or mano-a-mano, -mano, or however we want to word that. I might, because I'm considering degendering all of this, but that's going to be really difficult the way the Spanish language works. Mm -hmm. So he marks a plot twist when he handles things man-to-man, -man, or when the teenage girl in the audience falls in love with him just a little. Mm-hmm. So I want this to be a game that yeah. you're really thinking about. What now, is, is the that, audience so thinking? then, so that, am I correct that where this is going is that you have a bunch of check marks and as, yeah. as, you, as these things are occurring, at some point you fill up those check boxes and then the plot twist occurs. Exactly. Is that a check, a series of check boxes on your character sheet or yes. is it a group thing? It's on your character sheet. Mm -hmm. So each person has different things. And okay. so you're kind of trying to keep track of what everyone else has at the same time. So El Jefe, the bad guy. When uh, when someone goes, oh, in surprise and, and horror at him, he gets a check mark. So this is more getting people to play in genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's keeping you very aware of the fact that you're performing for people. So once you fill that off, you get your plot twist. Your plot twist can occur right then. Mm -hmm. Or for some of them, you might want to have a little bit of space between them. So El Caballero's plot twist is right off. And it says, all the lies, all the cheating, these are the worst people. But there's one gem, gem among the junk, your love. When you get to the end of this, you're going to climb on your horse or your motorbike or your sailboat and go off into the sunset together. Right. Someday you may get a spinoff, but for now you're a happy ending. Okay. And so that means no one can tell you otherwise. You and your love are disappearing. At the end of at the, the end adventure. Of, at the end yeah. of the adventure. And so that means you can just say, hey, I got a happy ending for this dude. Uh, <laughs> La Doña has um has a wedding that they plan because there's always the mm -hmm. the very controlling manipulative matriarchs and patriarchs setting up weddings those two mixed together would be very funny. oh they're so good because la doña chooses two characters regardless yeah. of their emotions and they're married especially it, so yeah that would be so good if the the cowboy rides into the wedding steals the bride and then rides off it's so and so like my hope is <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm really excited this is the thing that really is exciting to me in this yeah is making sure that these plot twists are happening and i want i think four plot twists is too many for one game yeah i think three is a lot Mm -hmm. I'm hoping one to two each game. And so part of this is going to be balancing that. Oh, that'll be another great thing. Because if the plot twists are... Because you've only told me like two or three yeah. of them. But like if they're broadly positive like that, like that's a really cool scene. Whether or not yeah. it's positive that you're leaving the town or not. It sounds really cool. Um, people are going to want that cool thing to happen. So they're going to play into and the so character. And so they're going to play into the character. Yeah. Um, El Jefe gets to take something from somebody... And they don't get any recourse. Yeah. It is his. Uh, and so that's just basically what I'm going for with it. Mm -hmm. And so it's single session. 
the idea is you're jumping in in the middle of a telenovela that's been running for 10 years. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a lot of craziness. And then the it'll continue forever. Yeah. And you could revisit in theory, but it's mostly aiming at a one shot. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's interesting. Um, I forget. Did it have a did it have a mechanic for like getting you into the game? Like, is there a last time on mechanic? Yes, I I'm playing with it a little bit. Mm -hmm. What I'm what I currently have is a recap, and this time on, and so the recap is. The recap is basically just an idea of a drama that could be happening in the background. Right. So, El Caballero, uh, you had a near kiss with blank. You got in a big fight with blank. Tell us about it. You showed you aren't as trustworthy as you say. In what way? And so you choose one of those, and that was your previously on Pasión de los Pasiones. Yeah. And then this time on, you do a role of some kind. Okay. Which is, again, going to be having questions of what's going on and tossing you in yeah that sounds pretty good i'm i'm hopeful i'm hopeful i'm i'm nervous that it will hit the table and people won't start immediately jumping into it yeah because that's what i want i want it to hit the table and say hey who wants to set a scene first and five people go me <laughs> yeah 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 it'll hope it'll be interesting to see who who uh signs up whether it's more people, because I mean, all these people who are at Metatopia are down for game uh, playtesting. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how many people you get who are sort of familiar with telenovelas and yeah. versus how many people who aren't. Avenel from Double Exposure is set up the, the timing for it and the scheduling for it with me. And she was telling me that she would try to find me some people that had familiarity with telenovelas. So I'm really excited about that because... That way we can geek out yeah. <laughs> with that. That's the and, one really cool thing that of my like my goofy over the top plug of Metatopia is because the double exposure folks are nuts. They hand schedule everything, and they are amazing. They're amazing. It's, it's incredible that it, it comes off as flawlessly as it does. I was asked if there are any specific developers I would like to sit at my table. Yeah, and, and that's just mind-blowing and because because i panicked and said no yeah <laughs> but, but because but because they're hand scheduling everything they have that ability to say let's find some people who are into telenovelas yeah and put them in the game as we sort of shift into talking about metatopia a little right more. yeah um so you're doing three play tests in total yes two of which are with our open playtests. Open playtests, and they're... one is with developers. Yes. Are you approaching those playtests differently from each other? Uh, I'm going to be panicking much more for the for the high test, which mm -hmm. is the one with the developers. I have the high test as my first test, mm -hmm. so my plan is to bring it to the table, see how it works, do it the best I can, and just be very open to criticism. Mm -hmm. And just, if they shred the game... That's okay, because I have three hours between the end of that playtest and my next playtest. Oh, it's the same day. It's yeah. the same day. I have Friday early, well, Friday early afternoon, mm -hmm. and then Friday right before dinner. I've got, like, three hours to fix it. Okay, so you're kind of... But so right now, looking forward to those three playtests, yeah. you are assuming... Assume everyone loves the game. Yeah, it's let's perfect. assume. You're planning on sitting down to run the same game at every session are you thinking are there things that you want to tweak that you want to bring different variants to the to different playtests so if i hit the ground with the de with the developers and it's perfect and they tell me that they just want me to give them my kickstarter mm -hmm. so that they can own it then i'm going to run a different version of the game for the second group okay and then the third group I'll go with whichever one was better received. Mm -hmm. I don't anticipate being told this yeah. is a perfect playtest. Sure. Um, because it won't be. And I'm totally cool with that and not going to be upset, obviously, getting yeah, free feedback. Yeah, because amazing, feedback. perfect. This is exactly what I'm looking for. So do you have a version of the game that has statistics still versus a version that doesn't? I do. I'm leaning heavily towards no statistics. Mm-hmm for the core version of the game i think i think that's if in my opinion i think that's what you should do because what, what i'm really liking is the idea of of 
kind of comunidad, like of having the people sitting around the table sharing these ideas and sharing these stories and someone saying the question of like, oh, uh, I, I don't have more to lose in this. Yeah. And then the other person saying, oh, well, hold up, but this. And you yeah. go, oh, yeah. And being able to go with that kind of thing. I like that it, it definitely provokes that sort of meta argument about what's going on in the scene. Every single playbook is definitely going to have a plot twist. One of the plot twist triggers is going to be the people sitting on the couch at home. Yeah, I like that. I'm a it, little tempted it, to give them names, I but like I feel like that's a little silly. cheesy <laughs> games that like sort of acknowledge that they're nodding at television shows. Oh, yeah. And include the audience or ratings or whatever as a character. I want to wear that on my sleeve for this. <laughs> I don't want any question. As someone who has a degree in film studies and, film studies <laughs> and thinks about... Uh, and thinks about television and movies and stuff way too much. It, it that I really enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> that's my kind of gaming guilty pleasure. It's I feel like that's going to be fun, and so then you can you'll start to develop. I hope organically a little bit of what's happening at home. Mm -hmm. And if you've got like, if you start to describe, you know, you've got an abuela, you've got a couple, you've got their their daughter, their their son, whatever, and you start describing. If the players start describing interactions between those people, mm -hmm. I will be endlessly happy. Yeah. If someone says, oh, yeah, she totally just fell for the caballero right there. And then someone else goes like, yeah, and La Abuela's not happy about that because <laughs> that was not good behavior. Yeah. That, then I'll be thrilled. <laughs> so I know this is, like, this is difficult because you, aren't, you haven't done it yet. And neither of us have really playtested a game before. You sort of did some Luchadora Tone stuff. But yeah, this I playtested Luchadora Tone. This is a whole different level. Um, are you thinking about... So they're all the, the sort of different dials and, and mechanics in the game. Right. Are you thinking about, here are all the sort of things that I could tweak. Right. So that if developers say, it doesn't move fast enough, or it isn't... Uh, we're not laughing enough, or yeah. this was too hard to get. Are you starting to like pre-think what you could tweak to make that uh work better i have some things that i'm ready to rip out if it takes too long to start mm -hmm. i want this to be the kind of thing that you sit down at the table and you're playing mm -hmm. like i have a section for props in it and it initially said choose some props and you would circle it and i'm thinking of changing that text to you have these props okay so yeah. if you in the middle of a scene decide you need this thing you have this thing Oh, that's interesting. You could do that, um, my unprovoked suggestion here no, give in the it, middle of our podcast. Absolutely, give it. Is you could do that uh, Blades in the Dark style, where it's, here's a list of things. You have one of these props. You don't oh. choose ahead of time, but as soon as but you when pick you do, one, you check it off. that's the one you had. I can see that. I also just viewed it as a thing that, while you are in the middle of the game, like, I'm looking at La Abuela right now, um... And she has a good home-cooked meal. And so you're in the middle of a scene, and you're setting it up, and you go, oh, right, I have a good home-cooked meal. <laughs> and so you're saying, this yeah. is at my dinner. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um... They're not super useful things for most <laughs> characters. It's just the things you'd see in a telenovela. Yeah. I could see the beginning, like, like you're saying, getting into it snappy. Yeah. I really like the idea that the beginning of the game, in that sort of previously on section... Yeah might flow very much like the beginning of Reflections. Okay, yeah. And I it, can see that. You almost might want to give players the first half of a sentence. Oh. And let them fill in the second half. Yeah. And then rapid fire go around the table. That could work really give their sentence. Do it like masks where the, everyone's intro questions have an order. Yeah. And you always do it in that order. And so you just kind of go... Last time on Pasión de los Pasiones. Yeah, you as the GM say that. Character name, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, finished the sentence. Mm -hmm. And then you get that last time on in the, in the, in the player's voice, too, yeah. which would be cool. Yeah, and I'm going to very much try to encourage silly telenovela voices. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I've got a lot yeah. of yeah, yeah. nervous energy about it, but I'm, I'm very excited. So that's kind of a, our update on Pasión de las Pasiones um, as a game. Yeah. And so make sure if you are coming to Metatopia to say hi, um, sign up for it if you're there and are interested. Uh, ask Brandon about it uh, as he's furiously running between things trying to rewrite the game. 
Um, so there, there's definitely three hours that I will not be in the hall because I will be working on the mm -hmm. game. And well, at some point we'll do a, we'll probably do, we're going to do an episode at Metatopia. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when we're going to do it. Maybe we'll record Sunday. Probably Sunday. Uh, so maybe we'll talk about it then. Talk about how it went. If not, the following episode after that, we'll do a recap of like how that went. Yeah. Uh, but at some point we'll do, it'll probably just be a quick thing. At some point we'll do a full recap as you polish the game further. Yeah, I uh, I have decided that this is a game that I want to turn into a full game. Mm -hmm. And we'll just see where it goes. This is my big first project. Yeah. So transitioning from... I think we're... Are we done with Passion for now? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Um. So, yeah. Look for me. Yeah. Let me know. And... I was not so foolish as to produce a game to bring to Manitopia. So yeah, that... <laughs> I get to go in mostly stress-free. Yeah, I I have six hours of high stress and three hours of extremely high stress mm -hmm. oh wait you've got one hour of high stress we've got well, that panel. i'm not stressed about it oh come on you should be a little stressed about it nope I don't, i'm actually not stressed <laughs> about the panel i was stressed about the panel until i started getting real serious about pasión de los pasiones nope no. uh panels don't bother me all right I so why talk... don't you tell us a little bit about the panel so yeah we've kind of talked about this a little bit in the past but maybe a month ago, Megan Dornbrock of the Modifier podcast, who is sort of friend and rival of the show. Hashtag podcast rivals. Um, pitched us an idea and said, did we want to do a panel at Metatopia? And it was a thing that I hadn't thought of. We had actually explicitly said that... No panel. No panel. <laughs> we specifically decided. Uh, and that maybe next year would be the year we came with a panel. But Meg pitched the idea and I liked it. And so it's kind of just going to be a generic, uh, the things that we both do yeah. kind of panel. Um, so it's going to be everything from just what is a hack? How do you get into hacking? How do, why do you modify games? To talking about our experiences podcasting about hacking. And she's gotten to interview some really cool people. Yeah. And, and has, we got to be some really cool yeah. people. Um, and it's interesting because so we... We met Meg last year at Metatopia. Yes. And it was, we were at, uh, I forget exactly which panel it was. It was something that James and Kat it was, from It was James, Kat, and Alex Roberts. And they were talking about, like, starting, or they were talking about podcasting for developers. Like, so if you were a game developer. Right. If you're a game developer and you want to start to interface with some podcasts, how do you do it? Yeah. And, and we were in a proto phase of Stop, Back, and Roll. I think we had signed up for the domain name and had sort of committed to doing it. We had the website and the Twitter. It. And so we had this great idea of this podcast and they, in that panel, announced that they are going to be expanding the one-shot network to include Megan Dornbrock, who is doing a podcast about modifying games and go on to basically explain <laughs> the podcast that you and I were preparing. Yeah, so we giggled through that entire explanation. And panicked a little and bit. And panicked a little bit. And several <laughs> hours later, <laughs> I found Meg, and I was like, we're making the same podcast. We're rivals now. Yeah. And we kind of had a, I had a moment where I was like, maybe that was a little rude, because they didn't know what was going on. Yeah, we explained uh, so it we to them. So we should apologize. We did apologize. We did. Um, and that was sort of how we... And, and luckily, Modifier is not stop back and roll. Right, we, there's some big differences. Like, honestly, I think that we aren't in competition something that, that she, she gets into a lot is and right off the bat and uh is hacking or modifying games for accessibility right and yeah. that's not a thing that you or i really deal with i think too much i was and... actually thinking that when i make my play because of her podcast mm -hmm. i was thinking when i make these play sheets i'm going to print one set of play sheets as full pieces of paper instead of half pieces of mm -hmm. paper and so it's, it's interesting to to get a different perspective um, and so hopefully all three of us together will produce a pretty interesting panel. I hopefully. Um, and that is going to be, the, the panel is officially called Hacking Games for Fun and Profit. It is D050 and it is on Saturday at 10 o'clock for an hour. It's going to be a sort of semi-serious all ages podcast <laughs> where we, uh, they claim serious, uh, it'll be It'll be what it is. It'll be full of our goof. You've, you've listened to us. If you're listening to this now, you've heard us talk. Yeah. Um, I don't. I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know if we're going to do like a question and answer session. I think we should. We probably should. If not, you, the listener of our podcast, 
uh, tweet questions at us, and I'll just incorporate them into our outline for the episode. And, yeah, for that matter... You can pre-ask. Yeah. For that matter, if you see us leaving the hall... Just follow me. Just follow me and <laughs> find us. Let us know. <laughs> we'll chat. But yeah. So I'm so excited to meet people. So hit me up. That might be all we want to talk about for Metatopia for now. Um, Are there any games that you are aware of that you want to check out while you're there? Um, I want to play a Cypher game. Okay. I've been listening to Cypher Speak by... Yeah. Um, by Darcy and Troy. Yeah, by Darcy and Troy. And I have been reading the book. I've been exploring Cypher as a system to sort of grab mechanics from to maybe incorporate into my academia game. And I want to see it played. Um, I'm still more interested in playing a gumshoe game. I played one at the last convention I was at, but I had a really bad headache the whole time. And so I don't feel like I fully experienced it. And last year, at least, Tobias Strauss was testing a game that I'm really interested in. That's a Hanna-Barbera cartoon PBTA nice. game. Nice. And as far as I know, it hasn't come out yet. So hopefully that means it's still in tests and maybe I can sit at that table. Yeah. I feel like I'd make a great cartoon animal. Yeah. My goal whenever I go to a convention is to play uh, harder sci-fi games because... I love you guys as my home group, but uh, I'm into much harder sci-fi than you are, and I enjoy playing fantasy and stuff, but I like to get to play spaceships sometimes. Yeah, so... I, I I like some sci-fi, but the sci-fi <laughs> I like tends to have laser swords yeah. and various different I want fuzzy spaceships. creatures. Spaceships and thrusters and proton and like uh, asteroids and mining and... Fuzzy creatures and hokey space religions nope. and yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's just kind of my, that has nothing to do with the games or anything. How about you? Man, I'm just excited to be there. I, there's so many wonderful people that I met last time and I can't wait to meet so many people this time. There's all of these people that I just think of as friends now that we're just talked to on Twitter yeah. all the time. And m many of them we met at Metatopia. Yeah, we definitely, like, I always forget that we talked to Jeff a little bit. Yeah, we met Jeff. Somewhere I have his played, business card. Yeah, I have his business card somewhere as well. I don't remember. I found it the other day, and I think I tweeted a picture of it. Um, but we played uh, noisy person cards with him. Uh, one of the first people that I met at Metatopia was Rob Abrazado in a fate game at 8 o'clock in the morning after we had just gotten up at... Oof. We had gotten up at like <laughs> ungodly early in the morning to drive the two and a half hours from Connecticut to Metatopia to get there for 8 o'clock for this game that I'd signed up for, not thinking I would get it. This year, I'm going to bring a piece of paper and write down all of the wild promises I make. Because over the last year, people have been reminding me of promises that I supposedly <laughs> made at Metatopia. And yeah. I've been... <laughs> so far, I've done all of them. Yeah. Uh, but going to keep track this year. Uh, speaking of the future... Should we talk about that? We were thinking we would take this episode um, where we were talking about bringing games to conventions and sort of moving forward um, to sort of do a state of the podcast and talk about where we are, where where we think you guys are, and, where, and let you know what we're thinking about going forward. We've been really excited. We've been seeing the numbers and just seeing steady growth. Yep. And that's really, really cool for us. And we want to do more. Yep. We had our little dalliance into YouTube uh, actual play, but I want to start seeing more of those happen, especially some play tests of games. Yep. Um, I want to start maybe using the this audio equipment a little bit more or purchasing better audio equipment for the both of us. You now live in the same state that I live in, and Yay! so we can record in person a little more, which means we can, I can buy better audio equipment, and then we can share it. Yeah, Um. which is probably a good thing because i think our audio quality is pretty good and you do an excellent job with the editing of it thank you but if you guys could see my microphone <laughs> it's like a 30 dollar logitech mic we're just trying to make the best content that we can and sometimes making the best content we can involves making new content yeah we have a couple of podcasts that we are hoping to roll out in the near future mm -hmm. um i think we just want to talk about each of them a little bit not get too in-depth yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really pen and paper gaming related, 
but but it is about stories it is about stories and, and that's what stop hack and roll is about yeah stories it came out of <laughs> i forget exactly it came, it came out of a discussion that we had hanging out with our group of friends where we started discussing what is the greatest love song of all time uh we were sitting around sort of like you do as a group of friends and i think i asked somebody what they thought the greatest love song of all time was and they answered after thinking a little bit and i gave my answer which is controversial and started people arguing but controversial means wrong i mean controversial because no one can accept that I Want You to Want Me is the greatest love song of all time. And and so the the argument that we all had, and everyone's like sort of horrible visor, visceral reaction to my <laughs> answer, uh, got me thinking that I wanted to ask more people that question. And so I've just started asking people. And it reminded me a lot of, there is a great book. It's, it's, it's called Night Moves. It's about the song. That's why you were singing Night Moves. That's why I was singing it before. Um, and it's a collection... Hang with me here. It's a it's a it's by Stephan an author named Stephanie Barber. She collected YouTube comments for Bob Seger's classic Night Moves, and <laughs> the YouTube comment threads are just it's everything from people talking about their first loves to arguing about West Coast versus East Coast rap, and it's it's all about how these sort of songs that evoke. Um, they, they talk about emotions and love and they, and they, and how people tie memories to them. And I've asked people what they think the greatest love song is. And they've gone off on tangents that have nothing to do with love songs because they want to tell the story of the time they heard that song that they think is the best when they were going out with someone who became their wife or right, whatever. Yeah. And, and I think it's a, an interesting place to start and pull stories out of people. Yeah. And I think looking at just looking at emotions in songs is and interpreting things in a new way is very much what we do. Yeah. We have this vague sense that we want to start a sort of a network of podcasts. Yeah, we, we don't we would we love doing this and we want to do it more. And, we and in order to do it more, we need more podcasts. And we don't really have a name for it yet, but we have a rough idea that what we are about is storytelling. And the different ways that people tell stories. One of them that we like is the sort of communal oral tradition of storytelling through pen and paper gaming. And one of the reasons why we talk about hacking is because it's all about finding that story that you want to tell and making the systems that you have around you play that story the best. Yeah. Um, and so from that, we've got another role-playing game that we, another role-playing game podcast that we would like to bring to the network. Uh, this one we are tentatively calling My Kingdom for a Podcast, uh, so don't steal it or we'll be really mad. Yeah. Uh, and what we want to do is go a little trad and take the monster manual from 5th edition and other sources of monsters and rewrite and improve these monsters. And just kind of have something that we are able to have a discussion of what makes a monster work, what makes a monster not work, how can we make it better, what is its history, mm -hmm. and then have a good old-fashioned brawl with it. Yeah, because a lot of this came from, we wanted to do an actual play podcast, Yeah, but we're kind of, uh, we do commentary, <laughs> and yeah. so we didn't want to give that up entirely. <laughs> so the podcast is going to be sort of semi-commentary, semi-actual play. Uh, and we're just gonna, we're gonna fight through the monster manual in order of challenge rating, um, which I think will be interesting because the thing that I'm hoping for is that we find all the monsters that nobody uses and then force ourselves to come up with interesting stories to have combat with them. Yeah, exactly. And to have like an encounter and to have continuous characters that we get to grow and we get to roll on treasure tables. Yep. Um, and I'm also really excited about this because we, when we do this we will be adding a third person to our network. Mm -hmm. um, and she is a very dear friend of mine. Uh, we go back to college and she's just fantastic. You're going to absolutely love her. Um, she's Elsbeth and she's also moving to Connecticut. Yep. Connecticut. So I'm really excited. We're going to be able to get everyone together and just play some awesome games and hopefully record some awesome audio. Yeah. So all those shows are kind of workshopping or in workshop mode right now. Uh, I think I have a couple others that I'm, I have sort of in the back of my head yeah, that aren't the, even the full concept one. yet. Um, but uh, we'll be talking about that as we do. I think I want to do more regular 
uh, check-ins on the network sort of episodes, um, they might end up being side episodes for people who are not, who want, want this to just be hacking. Uh, and so we're looking at doing this and adding on some new podcasts and doing more content and hopefully doing some more YouTube things, hopefully mm-hmm. doing some Twitch events. There's one that I'm so excited about that we've talked about um, for Super Bowl season. Oh. Uh, that's going to be fun. Do you remember that one? I don't know if I remember this. Oh, man. It's, It'll be a surprise to me, later. too. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got all sorts of little things we've been talking about that we'd love to make more time for. And that is something that we are going to do because we want to do the content. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a problem with doing more podcasts, is that that takes more storage. I have to do horrible, atrocious things to these audio files to get them small enough to fit. I'm ashamed of myself. And worst of all, James is currently footing the entire bill for this. Um, Which right now is cheap, but if we were going to expand, could get more expensive quickly. Yeah. So while we're able to do this podcast and we'll continue to do this podcast, we're not going anywhere no matter what sees. We are trying to look into some different options for ways to afford to do more podcasts. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to make this any sort of a big thing that we're constantly talking about or anything like that. We just want to be able to do this. And right now, three, four podcasts is outside of what we can do financially. Mm-hmm. So ended at this, we're looking into Patreon. We're interested in Patreon. Let us know things that would interest you as rewards. Or just, it's a thing we're thinking about as we're looking to expand and, uh, and mostly as a way of sort of, it helps us learn like who's who's interested in the shows, who's interested. It, it helps us know which shows you're the most interested in us doing in the future, and uh, it helps us get in touch with you and sort of interact as a community, which is what we sort of always wanted to do from the beginning. Also, we want to bring as we're moving towards 2017, we want to keep bringing games. We have so many games ideas. Yeah. Um. Do you want to just like rapid fire a couple of games oh, that geez. you're working on? Let me open this up. Yeah. Let's let's open that folder. I have a mini game that I'm working on called Activate Guy Fieri, which is a <laughs> Power Rangers kaiju Guy Fieri game. Um. I've been working on Academia World or whatever I end up calling that. I've been working on Ghost Crush, which is a romantic game with a hunter, a ghost, and the person that they are both in love with. Yep, I have been sort of musing on the idea of a space game uh, that focuses on relativity and the effects that it has on people as they sort of go out and come back and are younger than the friends they left behind. I have three basic moves and a list of playbooks for a medical drama game designed to do Grey's Anatomy sorts of tv shows and really try to like ramp up the stress of getting all the surgeries done i've been recently musing more on how we might do an aaron sorkin style walk and talk larp game yes Uh, with kaiju maybe with kaiju maybe not uh definitely gonna be a hack with kaiju for that yeah um and my last one is i'm still working on inventory which is a hack of microscope about loading up a character with all their cool equipment yeah I have a steampunk game. I think most of the steampunk game became Academia World as I sort of ripped out things that didn't work. And probably a ton of more games that we're forgetting about (laughs) because the amount of times that we've said, I'm going to write a game about. Yeah. And sometimes we start with just like an idea for a concept and then we don't have a name for it. And I just work on it until it's a thing. And sometimes it has gone really, really quickly. And sometimes it has taken a really long time. Ghost Crush, I was halfway through when we hit Metatopia last year. (laughs) Yep. And I am now a quarter of the way through. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely feel like I've been further along in some of my games and now I'm further back. Yeah, that happens, but, you know. Yeah. That's so, good. That shows that you're actually working on it and making actual changes instead of just making like a D&D heartbreaker. Yeah, and, just and it comes back something that to what matter. we talked about last week, which is knowing when it's time to like give up on something because it isn't working. But I'm not giving up on Ghost Crush because yeah. it's... October, so I'm watching Ghost Adventures again, okay, which makes cool. me want to write this game again. Yeah. So come find us at Metatopia. Uh, yeah. Come hang out with us. Um, come drink with us, maybe. Uh, we will tweet a picture of the two of us at some point. We did last year. We did last year. And that way you'll be able to identify us. Maybe we'll tweet a picture of us each morning <laughs> so you can see what we're wearing that oh, day yeah. to pick us out. That's terrifying. But yeah. Yeah, maybe we should. Who knows? And, um, 
And I think that's our podcast for today. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. A little glimpse into the state of the network because we really want to make it a network now. And some information about Pasión, de los Pasiones, some information about Metatopia, and just how we want to connect. Yep. So this episode will be coming out on Tuesday, the 1st of November. So you'll have three days or two two days to get to New Jersey if you haven't planned for it. Um, we will be recording at Metatopia for our next episode. And that one will be coming out on the 15th, I think. So that'll be like a two a week after Metatopia, which is kind of inconvenient, but that's how our schedule works out. That'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll do a roundup episode of things we saw and things we how things went. I'm curious to know how the playtesting will go. I'm very curious about that also. Yeah. And uh so you can find us on Twitter. I'm at and the meltdowns. And I'm at Dr. Captain Cobalt. And together we are at, at Stop, Stop Hack, Hack and, and Roll. roll. <laughs> that was so lame. Let's so never, good. ever do that again. Um, our website is stophackandroll.com. And I'm actually going to be doing a little bit of work on that this week so that we have a list of our games. A couple of people have asked me, like, where can we find this game? And I want to make that more available for the ones that we do have in a format that people can use. Yeah. If we've talked about them on the show, they're always in the show notes for that episode, but you have to just go find that episode on the website. So having a page where we can point people will be a good thing. Um, we will be at Metatopia, like I said. And so I'll say again that we are doing a panel with Megan Dornbrock called Hacking Games for Fun and Profit. And that will be on Saturday at 10 a.m. Come and check us out. And especially if you know things about telenovelas, sign up for Pasión de los Pasiones. We will have a playtest Friday and Saturday at 4 p.m. Yep. And wherever you are listening to this, but especially iTunes, because it's a big deal, mm -hmm. um, find our podcast and give us a review. Uh, if you give us a positive review or any review, it boosts uh, our visibility in iTunes. And so more people will find us, uh, which is always a thing that we are looking to do. And we want to hear from you and learn how to be better. Yeah, literally any time I get a tweet from somebody that has listened to the show... It just puts me into such a good mood for the rest of the day. It is a direct line to the two of us. Yeah. So as uh, you're beginning November and you are driving to New Jersey, uh, don't forget to pull over to the side of the road and stop, hack, and roll. Yeah.